Welcome to Gardening Talk back on 2 and URFM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp once again. Gro- Scott, it's great to see you. <laughs> Combined both our names there. Eh? Gross. Gross. Uh, no, we keep the studio very tidy. We're not grots at all. Exactly right. Yes. Good weekend. Did you go to the supercars? The supercars, both days. Fantastic. And they're fantastic feeling for Newcastle. Never seen that many people. And so many people, everyone was well behaved. I didn't see anything bad going on. Oh, very good. Yeah. I didn't watch a single thing, but oh, I heard it was good. It was. It was fantastic. Yeah. Too busy whipping up a quiche. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for us today, Scott? Oh, look, the other thing, I didn't realise how multicultural we are on this show. Some people came into work over the weekend from Iran. Right. They listened to our podcast. Excellent. How exciting is that? Apparently the most lovely people in the world are Iranians. I want to go there one day. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Met a few Iranians. Lovely, lovely people. Well, fair enough. Yeah, so off we go. Look, I thought we'd talk about fragrant plants. Uh, Why do cactuses bloom and uh, an indoor plant called Green Supreme? Oh, Green Supreme. Green Supreme. Sounds a bit like a pizza. It's the best green plant you can get. (laughs) Pat from Mannering Park. And they've got a question about a rose. Yes, do actually. Yes, how can we help um, you, Pat? It's um, actually, I'm getting concerned. I mean, it's flowering, it's giving me lovely flowers, but the f- leaves are yellowing with spots. I keep taking them off and throwing them away, not just on the ground, I put them in the bin. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm just wondering what can I do about it, please. Yeah, so it sounds unfortunately like you have got black spot already, and that's a fungal disease that is quite uh, prevalent on roses uh, around the Newcastle area where it's nice and humid. Um, so yeah, look, you can treat it. It's uh, it is quite easy to treat, uh, but it's uh-huh. one of the, it's one of those diseases where you have to keep up on it. You can't just do it once and expect it's going to go away because uh-huh. the, when it gets humid here, it gets very very humid. Uh, so yeah. you you need some sort of fungicide. And uh-huh. uh, there's a number of ones out there. There's uh, one called Triferine. Uh, there's a good one called Rose Shield, which is actually a mixture. It's an insecticide and a fungicide together. And, of course, you can use the old uh, favourites like copper oxychloride. Uh, and I like the copper sprays because they leave a coating on the leaf of the plant. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and um, and I've even sprayed it with um, um, the oil. What's it called again? Yeah, white, white oil is an insecticide. So, yeah, so it's going to have no impact whatsoever on, okay, a, on well, a fungal what's disease. What's the name yeah. of the rose? What is it, rose? Yeah, rose shield, or you can use a product called triferine as well. But the other thing you're doing, and you're doing the right thing, is you're not leaving those uh, those yellowing leaves to drop down to the ground uh, because that's where the fungal spores actually are. So the other thing to do is when you've got your uh, fungicide mixed up, actually just give yeah. the, the soil and the surrounding area a slight drench and just that should keep that under control as well. But you're going to have to do it weekly, unfortunately. Uh, do we? Okay, that's, a, that's fine. And I also have another rose which is called Forget-Me-Not. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful flowering. I mean, I bought it, like, you know, not so long ago, and it had eight buds on it. Yes. They're all gone now, naturally, because I picked them as they were ready to come off. Um, And it is gorgeous. Now, I I would like to actually know the name of another rose that is perfumed. Can you please tell me with the name of one? besides the blue moon and things like that. Yes, look, there's a couple of good ones. There's Barbara Streisand, and it's a, it's a really beautiful... Hang on, ba- no, that's Barbara right. Streisand. Yeah, old Babs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a really beautiful uh, sort of pinky purple type of rose. And then, of yeah. course, there's the old favourite, Mr. Lincoln. Uh, and that has... Well, that's the one I've got. Oh, I've got okay. Mr. Lincoln. That's the one that the, ro- the, the leaves go yellow and, and, you know, I don't like them and I... Pull them off, as I said, and just 
throw them away. Um, and I'm afraid that maybe it, that bug might get onto my, um, I forget me not. Yeah, look, uh, yes, look, the, with the uh, the fungal diseases, they can, you know, just be, uh, you know, carried around by the wind as well. So it's important that you treat all the roses in your garden just to make sure that okay. they're all going to be nice and safe. Okay. Now, any other name besides Barbara Streisand? Yeah, if, if you want a yellow rose and, and you can use freesia because... Uh, I, ma- find, I find the yellow roses, they the, the aphids attack them. Brutally. Oh, look! That they shouldn't. They shouldn't really any more than any other rose. Uh, but yeah, freesia is oh. a really beautiful yellow-smelling rose. Okay, freesia. Yeah, freesia. Okay. Excellent. Well, that'll set me. That'll set me back a bit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Scotty, and uh, have a lovely day. And you have a bye lovely bye. afternoon, Pat. Thanks for the call. Goodbye. Appreciate it. Bye bye. We've got Bev now from Toronto, and she's got a couple of questions about fruit trees and growing a lettuce from seeds. Hi, Bev. How can we help you? Uh, yes, well, I have a mango tree, and oh, a few feet away from that is the persimmon. Now, they both have been very loaded. Um, the uh, mango it was smothered in millions of flowers, but a lot of them came off. I had to hose off the path. But now they're developing the fruit, and the fruit is coming up to oh, a bit bigger than thumb size and falling off. Every day I go out and they're falling off. And I'm wondering if, if it's too much water or... Uh, and the same with the persimmon, because um, I do water when it's hot every day or every second day. And uh, I've got other garden around it, veggie garden mm-hmm. and rose garden. And... Um, yeah, so the fruit started to fall off the uh, persimmon as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so look, usually we're, uh, look, overwatering wouldn't necessarily do that. Uh, most plants are going to drop their fruit uh, because they're stressed, because usually they're underwatered. Um, so it sounds like you're not, you're not doing that. Uh, the the other reason uh, plants can uh, fruiting trees can drop their fruit as well uh, is if they've got a fungal disease that has come from the flower bud and spread down to the stalk of the plant into the top of it. Uh, so that that can be another reason. So using a uh, a fungicide, it's not going to be harmful to anything, and just using it as a, a bit of a cure all is not a bad thing to do at the blossom stage. Oh, it's a bit late now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but look, do, do, um, you might you might find that the plants just shedding, uh, you know, some fruit, and eventually it will hold on to what it can sustain. So don't hold, you know, don't stop doing the watering uh, because that's that's uh-huh. most important. Uh, so yeah, look, it's going, a plant's going to uh, you know drop its fruit more from stress from underwatering. Right. Well, the other um, uh, question I have is about the lettuce seeds. I I get the heirloom seeds from diggers. Yes. And I got a fresh lot, and I put them in in the punnets, and I uh, but I've waited three weeks. The only ones come up, so I thought, well, what could be wrong? Could they be overwatered, or what's happened there? Yes. Yeah, so, what sort of mix did you put it in? Did you put it into a, a propagation mix or a seed raising mix when you potted it up? Yes, seed yeah. raising. Excellent. Okay, because they they are a well drained mix, so it could just be that you have overwatered it and the seed has rotted away in there, unfortunately, because it should have germinated, uh, you know, much sooner than three weeks. So usually about uh, six to seven days, lettuce will germinate. Mm, yeah, I thought so, but only the one has come up, and then the radishes I put into the soil. Um, 
But they've come up, but some of them have just sort of flattened down or maybe was that overwatering. Uh, again, how, of, how often are you watering these uh, these seeds? Uh, well, if it's, if it's very hot, mm-hmm. I'll give them, um, you know, a water uh, every day, you know, when the heat's gone off. Uh, but if it's not too hot like today, I, I, unless they look very dry and I'll test the soil, I won't water. Hope that it rains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, that, that, that doesn't sound like you're overwatering. I mean, watering once a day uh, in those sort of situations is fine. Uh, even if, you know, you've just got a seed in there that hasn't germinated, you know, keeping it moist every day is, is the right thing to do. Uh, yeah, look, I, I, with the lettuce seeds, they're only a very small seed. Uh, I don't know, just keep on trying and see how you go and if you can get some different germination out of them. Oh, well, we'll have another go, plant yep. some more. But look, certainly they don't want to be, you know, sitting in a very wet and soggy mix. So, you know, your old finger's usually the best, uh, you know, tester um, for moisture. Mm. You just sort of stick it in there and see, you know, if it comes out, you feel it's wet, then, you know, that that's good enough. So you can probably leave it if you want to. You wouldn't just water if you're feeling that moisture in there with your finger. No, yes, yes, I've been doing that. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll put some more in and see what happens to those. Six to ten days for germination. Yes, that should be about right, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. good. Okay. All right, thank you so much. Thank you, Bev. Have a nice afternoon. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Just dip the finger in. Dip the finger. Don't double dip. Don't ne- oh, no, 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 no. Never it's, double it's, dip. It's like the hummus. You never double dip in the hummus, do you? <laughs> it's Gardening Talk back on 2 and you are FM on a Monday afternoon. We've got Sylvia from Bonnells Bay. And she needs advice about using basalt in a garden. You've got a volcano out there at Bonnells Bay, Sylvia. No, a friend of mine's got property and he said I could have quite a lot of soil from something that's moving. Yes. And I just wondered what kind of soil it is. Uh, so you're asking about basalt soil, are you? Yes. Yeah, so basalt soil, it is volcanic soil and it actually is quite beneficial to the garden. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, so, so if you've got some, uh, you should be trying to uh, give that a go because it, uh, it'll actually, it's got trace elements in it. Uh, so it's going to, uh, you know, really help the soil in that uh, way. It actually helps, uh, I guess, the, uh, you know, the, the structure of the soil as well. It opens it up a little bit. Um, and look, the, uh, it's uh, really great for the root system. So if you have got some, uh, you know, basalt uh, soil, um, I, don't, I don't know where you've got it from. You haven't been to Bali or anything like that? Or, no, no, down near Goulburn. Down near Goulburn. Oh, okay. I didn't realise that. Uh, I thought Vesuvius was the closest volcano we had. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, if you have got some, certainly spread it around and uh, it, it will just, you know, work its way down into the soil and certainly help the, the plants that are there. Thank you very much. Not and I problem. have another question, yes, if absolutely. I may. Absolutely. Um, I have a persimmon tree. Mm-hmm. And... I can't very well get under it to weed it properly. Mm-hmm. And when I do, the weeds just come back again. So mm-hmm. I bought some weed and feed. Is that all right to spray under the tree? No, I'd be very careful about using that because uh, weed and feed's mostly for uh, use on the lawn. And it's... No, then it's not weed and feed. What's it called? Uh, oh, it's, it's a, a Roundup or Zero, one of those ones, is it? I bought Roundup... Um, yeah, Roundup it is. Sorry. Yes, yeah, okay. Yeah, weed and feed for the lawn. I got mixed up there. Sorry. That's all right. Yeah, so definitely don't use the weed and feed. So if you have got some Roundup, you can lightly spray it in under there. 
Uh, you, you obviously wouldn't be drenching the soil in underneath the plant, but it is safe, no. it is safe to uh, you know carefully spray in underneath. The thing with zero, though, is you have to remember that whatever it touches, so if there's wind and it's blowing around and gets onto the persimmon, uh, it, will, it will harm that. But uh, certainly if you can just get in close and do some spot spraying on those weeds that are in under so there. So wait for a calm day. Absolutely. Get up early in the morning uh, or uh, go out there on dusk when the wind has died down. I can't go out at dusk. I get eaten by mosquitoes. Oh, okay. That doesn't sound good. I didn't realise Bonnell's Bay was full of mozzies. No, I'm just terrible at attracting them. Ah, well, some people are apparently. Or very yeah. good at attracting them. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for your help and have a good day. And you too. Have a lovely afternoon, Sylvia. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. Well, we've got Tony now from the Blue Mountains and he's got stink bugs on his orange tree. Yeah, all, the way from, all the way from Lee, where Oasis Nurseries are up there. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. How can we help you, mate? I've got a, uh, an orange tree and I've got these orange and black stink bugs on the darn thing. Yeah, so look, you, you can get rid of them. Uh, and there's a couple of different ways to do it. Uh, now, you can use confidor. However, you're not really supposed to use confidor on fruiting uh, plants, uh, you know, when the plant is actually fruiting. Uh, but if the plant isn't fruiting at the moment, you treat it as an ornamental, and you can use confidor on that. Uh, the other thing you can do is grab an old vacuum cleaner from somewhere, mate, and just go and, and suck them up. And uh, that, that's one other way of getting rid of them. Uh, yeah. Uh, look, you can also use a pyrethrum spray as well. The thing I wouldn't be doing, though, you wouldn't be just going out there and sort of, you know, spraying all over the tree because that can be harmful to any bees that might be in the area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the great thing about stink bugs is that they just sort of sit there and you can see them. You can just give them a quick little jet blast and uh, that knocks them out then. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Yep, if you've got an old vacuum cleaner, mate, uh, grab an extension cord and go out there and give it a crack. Right, Okay, good on you, Tony. Thank you. What about those handheld ones? Oh, you could use them. You could use one of those, couldn't you? A little uh, cordless vacuum yeah. cleaner. Yeah. Do they still have them? I, I think they do. I think their vacuums are very, very, very fancy now. I've got this vacuum at home that, oh, it's amazing. It, almost, it doesn't do it itself. I haven't got one of the robot ones. Yep. But as far as, yeah, cat fur and stuff like that, it works a treat. Sucks up a treat. It sucks up a treat. That rug of mine <laughs> is as clean as you could imagine. It's Guarding Talk back on to when you are at FM. We've got Tony from Belmont North, and he wants to know if you can use wastewater on washi or washing machine water on vegetables. Hey, Tony, how can we help you, mate? Could I run the, uh, the grey water out of my washing machine onto my vegetable patch, or would it cause a problem with the chemicals in it? Yeah, I, I think it would cause a problem. Uh, look, you might do it once. Uh, you know, I've heard of people doing it on the grass, but I think, unfortunately, you know, I don't know what's in, you know, washing detergent, all that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, I think over time you'd start to build up, you know, sort of bad things in the soil. Um, so, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd be a little bit uh, sceptical about using it um, continually, maybe on the grass, uh, but certainly not on your vegetables. Uh, okay, thank you. Yeah, not a worry. Thanks for that, Tony. Cheers. Bye. Short and sweet from Tony? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a great idea in theory, um, but unfortunately I think that... Uh, you, know, you don't know what's in there? Yeah, the stuff that's wise. in there, yeah. I, I don't know. You know, It's a pure white powder when you stick it in, but um, I, I don't know exactly <laughs> what makes it so pure and white. <laughs> okay, let's move on from that. <laughs> We've got Bill now from Raff Mines, and he needs advice to get rid of... Is it camphor? Yeah, camphor laurels, yeah. Hey, Bill, how can we help you, mate? Uh, good, how are you? Um, I've got a, a couple of camphor laurels. One's about 60-odd feet high. I'm going to have to get tree loppers in to get rid of that. But another one I've, I've 
lopped down to about a foot off the ground, yes. and it's sprouting branches off again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is, there, is there a way I can just kill the stump? Yes, there is. That's a, you've got bellbirds in the background there as well. Oh, I'm sitting at Fancy Fern Railway Station. Oh, it's beautiful okay, here. Okay, yeah. yeah. Look, now with camphor laurels, they, uh, they're not a noxious weed here uh, in the Hunter, but uh, certainly uh, up, you know, the north coast, they are a noxious weed. They, they are a noxious weed, I know, yeah. And they will take over. The, you know, they're, they're quite bad like that. Uh, so uh, to get rid of them, uh, yeah, what you should have done is as soon as you cut it down, you needed to drill into that stump and any sort of roots that you can see on the surface, and you get a product called tree and blackberry killer. Okay. And you... you Somebody- Sorry, Sorry somebody actually, told me uh, diesel, just put a bit of diesel on it. That uh, look, diesel I, fuel. Well, I, I have heard of that as well, but uh, when you get tree and blackberry killer, you actually mix it up with either kerosene or diesel. I, I just usually okay. I use whippersnipple pet, petrol, uh, and you that uh, just dilutes it a little bit, and you'd pour it down the holes that you've uh, drilled in there, and then you uh, wait a couple of hours, and you'll find it gets absorbed in, and then you go and give it another crack. Fantastic. Okay, so when you get the tree loppers in to do the big one, um, make sure, uh, what I would do, I wouldn't get them to mulch the stump up first. I would actually, as soon as it's cut, start your drill and uh, get in there with the tree and blackberry killer and let it die off over a few weeks. And then if you want them, get them back to uh, mulch up the stump. Okay, thanks very much. That's all right, not a problem. Okay, okay thanks. thanks. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 and you are at FM. You've got a question for Scott Sharp? You can give us a call on 49 at 216 216. Now, Scott, I am going to throw you a question. Yes. This one's a bit of a mystery. Yes, to you or to me? Oh, to you. Right, okay. I'm not going to throw a question to myself. <laughs> <laughs> but a few weeks ago, I planted a zucchini plant. That's right, yeah. Yep. Did a bit of gardening. Yep, yep. Now it's all gone. A week later, the whole thing's gone. How how big was it before it disappeared? Oh, it would have been yay high. So it was only a little one. So it was only like a young... Yep. Like when you buy them in the supermarket, you go, oh, because I thought, oh, yeah, it's a zucchini plant. That'll be all right. Okay. And planted it, and now it's, there's nothing left. So you might have had something in the eating it by the sounds of things. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not overly sure what. Yeah. So look, possums will come in and eat that. Uh, people often don't like to hear it, but uh, rats... Oh. can lurk around and they'll have a nibble on that sort of stuff as well. well that's a pleasant thought. <laughs> I know. And, and you say it to people and, of course, they go, oh, no, we haven't got rats around our place, but I don't know. You'd be surprised where they get to, those little buggers. Or big buggers. Yeah, big buggers, yeah. So, uh, look, yeah, I think, mate, uh, either possums or rats, it's going to be something that's been fairly large to go and do that sort of damage to your poor old zucchini plant. Yeah, because it's only that nothing else got attacked. It was just that. Yeah, maybe because it's nice and soft and juicy. Okay. Yeah. But there was nothing, there was no, nothing on there. There's no... Zucchinis what, on there, or you thought it would leave fingerprints or something like yeah, that? I was, I was hoping. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, been, I've been dusting there for a week now. Or like the, the, the chalk outline on the ground <laughs> of the zucchini. <laughs> I'll get to the bottom of it. You will. You'll have to put on your detective's cap. Get Sherlock Holmes in. Yeah, we'll ask the neighbours. Get some eyewitnesses. Yes, someone must have seen something. Do you have CCTV? There might be some video footage of the offender. It could be. Yeah. There's a mysterious character walking away from the garden bed <laughs> in the early hours of the morning. <laughs> It's Gardening Talk back on 2 and you are FM. If you've got a question for Scott Sharp, you can give us a call on 49216216. And we'll go to Jane from Islington. Absolutely. And she's got a question about one of your favourites, grasshoppers and crickets eating her lemon tree and cherry trees. Fantastic. Great. Easy way to get rid of grasshoppers. Jane, how can we help you? Yeah, hi. Um, yeah, I've got a bit of a problem with some grasshoppers. Uh, this is the second year they've come back uh, and crickets and they're quite big and they've been eating my lemons, my lemon tree and my um, uh, flowering cherry, my ornamental flowering cherry as well. So I've been um, losing those plants and uh, of course when winter came they went 
and I tried a combination of the garlic spray with some vinegar. It didn't seem to help, and now they're coming back again. So I was just wondering if there's anything I can do um, before they uh, get too many of them. Yeah, look, the, the trouble the trouble with grasshoppers, they are voracious little buggers. They'll get in there, mm. and you can just see them munching away. Yeah. Uh, are they big at the moment, or just still quite small? Uh, it depends. The grasshoppers themselves are small, but the crickets are quite large. They're up to about oh, four or five centimetres long. The cats actually catch them and bring them in the house. <laughs> so, look, there's two different things. Uh, with grasshoppers, the trouble with grasshoppers is you actually have to contact them with some sort of chemical to, mm-hmm. to kill them. So you can, you know, use malathon or something like that. Uh, you, you just wouldn't go sort of willy-nilly spraying it around because, unfortunately, you know, you sort of start to harm the bees in the area at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I always think, uh, you know, at work, I always carry around a pair of scissors in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, uh, you can just... They don't see the scissors. I don't know what it is. <laughs> and you can actually just give them a quick snip and cut their heads off. That's, that's usually, I think, the best way to get rid of the, the grasshoppers, yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yep. So, uh, look, it, it, it's probably better than spraying them with some sort of nasty chemical. Right, um, yeah. So, yeah, and, and unfortunately, you just have to contact them. You know, you have to, actually have to, like, bullseye, have a little bullseye drawn on them and hit them with that chemical. Otherwise, you know, you can't just spray the plant and have something be absorbed in there. So, right. look, from, from my, uh, for the, you know, you know, sort of the late mail on this, I'd, I'd suggest getting... Uh, you know, a pair of scissors and going out there, they'll, they'll hide. They'll sort of go around the back of leaves and stuff on you. Yeah, But yeah. usually, you know, if you sort of sneak up on them, um, okay. Yep, you'll you'll get them. You'll get them. They don't they don't bite, do they? No, no, not at okay, all. No, good. no, no. I get. I'm a bit frightened. <laughs> no, I mean, can, can you can you imagine sitting there and some you know this huge creature with a pair of scissors coming towards you? I yeah, no, not gonna bite you. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah. And look now, the crickets, the crickets that are in the lawn, uh, that's yeah. a completely different uh, kettle of fish. Uh, they're not mm-hmm. fish at all, in fact. Um, they're insects, um, but you need to get rid of those. Uh, there's a number of uh, products you can use. There's, uh, uh, there's sort of um, uh, you can use carbol if you want to. But on the mm-hmm. market, there usually are things that say you know uh, cricket, uh, black beetle killer, army mm-hmm. grub killer. All of those ones do the trick. And okay. uh, you, the best way usually to do that is with a watering can. You just drench the soil in the area, and that gets rid of the crickets for you. Okay, lovely. Again, I'll try that. That won't that won't harm the other plants if I if mm, I um do it like if I water in the garden itself. Yeah, no, most certainly not. It's an insecticide, so it won't harm them at all. Uh, look, okay. the, the best time to uh, to try and get the crickets is uh, on dusk when they start coming mm-hmm. back up to the surface. That's when you hear yep. them with their beautiful song every evening, and that's that's when they're coming up to have a bit of a, a you know a coral meeting or whatever they do, and, and have a feed as well. And that's right. the best time to get them. Don't do it in the middle of the day. That's when they're down sort of deep in their little tunnels hiding away from the heat of the day. Okay, okay. lovely. Okay, good okay on, thank you so much for your advice. That's all right. Have a nice afternoon. Thank you, you too. Bye-bye. Just imagining Jane now sneaking around a backyard with a pair of scissors, creeping yeah. up on grasshoppers. She could be doing that. She could also be out there with a the microphone recording the beautiful song of her crickets. Really beautiful song. Well, it's, it's sort of the sound of summer, isn't it, almost? Almost. Yeah. Actually, I turned on the radio as I was driving around for the start of the, uh, the first test up at the Gabba, and that was the sound of summer the other day. It was quite beautiful. That is leather on willow. Willow, yes. <laughs> Big cricket fan, Avery. And we, we got the plant reference in there by saying willow because it's a type of tree. Yes. Yes, very good. Well done. Also with 
crickets. Yes. I remember my dad putting hot soapy water into the ground. Yes, that'll drive them up to the surface. And then if you've got a couple of tame magpies, uh, they'll come and have a bit of a feast then. Yep. But uh, generally it won't kill them. It'll just bring them up to the surface. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I guess if you've got some warm soapy water and you want to do it the, uh, the nice way yep. and feed a couple of maggies, uh, go with it that way. Well, you could kill them yourselves if when they come up. You, you could you know, get out the uh, the scissors that you had for the grasshoppers and, and yep. do that. But that uh, sounds a little bit laborious. I'll be trying to feed the... Uh, the grasshoppers. Yeah. No, no. The magpies. Yeah, the magpies, yeah. Yep. The other flying things, yeah. Right. We'll, we'll get it right. We'll get it right. <laughs> if you've got a question for Scott Sharp, you can give us a call on 49216216. We've got Marilyn from Adamstown, and she's following up an email about her lily pilly. Oh, Marilyn, we've got you to talk about here on the email. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, look, you said you didn't want to talk, so... <laughs> I know, no. I don't. <laughs> yeah, but so... I'm desperate. <laughs> okay, now, do you want to describe what's happening to your lily pilly for everyone? Uh, oh, it's just getting a black spot underneath. It looks a bit like a flea, I suppose, all over the leaves. Okay, so but it's not jumping around like a flea, is it? No, no. Okay, no, I've, I've, I've seen your email, so I'm just going to ask you leading questions here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so look, what you have actually got there is, is scale insects. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And scale yes. insects are a little, uh, little sort of bug that gets blown around by the wind, and then it lands oh. on on a plant that it likes to feed on. And lily pillies mm-hmm. are one of those plants. And then yeah, it I've start- had it for years. This problem. Yeah, <laughs> but what happens then? It starts to form this little waxy shell over the mm-hmm. top of itself, and it oh, okay. it sits in under there nice and safely, and sucks away yep. at the sap out of the leaf, out of the the, mm-hmm. the stem for you, and it, it just makes the plant very unhappy. And eventually, oh, yeah. they start to breed. Oh, okay. And you get many, many of them on the plant, and they do even more damage. So it becomes like a perpetual motion machine yeah. of scale. Oh, I agree. Yeah, so look, there are ways to get rid of them. Yeah. Uh, you can use just white oil if you want to. You can spray, oh, them, spray okay. that around. That uh, sort of clogs right. up the waxy shell and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, okay. actually sort of chokes the scale. But oh, there are right. other products you can get, which are a mixture yeah. of, of white oil and malathon, and they're very good oh. because... The white oil okay. sort of softens the scale and allows the malathon insecticide mm-hmm. to get in there to the actual insect. To get into yeah. it. So oh, you, okay. yeah, you can certainly do that if you want to. So, so that's the two products I use, is it? Yeah, you, you can actually mm. get uh, like an anti-scale product and it's usually oh, a mixture okay. of white oil and malathon. Oh, an anti-scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, look, the that's... most the most important thing, though, is uh, when you're spraying, get it, you yep. noticed how on your email they're up in underneath the leaves? Yes, Make yes. sure you spray oh. and drench up in underneath the leaves. Underneath. Yeah, just okay. not on the top. Mm-hmm. Um, because that uh, you, right. you need to actually contact that scale insect. Okay. Actually, I've been washing them off and, you know, put gloves on. And <laughs> yeah, look, that, that's that's not going to do the trick for you in the okay, long term. If no, you've got a few on there, right. it might, so, might work. So, yeah, you need to yep. you need to get one of those products. Okay, so just best to leave them there and spray them while they're there. Yeah, and mm. once they're dead, you'll find they they sort of dry out and they'll just flake Okay, off. right, okay. Mm. Oh, thanks for your okay. help. Oh, look, then. you've done, for someone who didn't want to talk, you've done very, very, very well. <laughs> Thank you. You, you could for come that. in here and take over from Greg and I next week if you'd like to. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I <laughs> don't think so. Okay, you have a good day. You have a nice thanks. afternoon. Thanks, thanks Scott. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, Scott, besides talking about Iran at the top of the show... Oh, we did, we, we did mention Iran. But you have sold me on during the hour. I think you and I might be going off on a little trip together one day. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Greg and Scott do a, I don't know, do an Irani garden tour. Yes, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, I don't know how the, the gardens, but I'm sure they'll be beautiful over there. It is. Well, the photos of the city and the mountains. 
Yeah. We've, Superb. Yeah, we've already had a little sort of uh, travel guide here. Maybe we could get uh, Sally Lucas to, uh, you know, that does a travelling show here. She could give us some information about it. Maybe we should, maybe she could. Yeah, we, we're thinking, pull a, few, we? pull a few strings. Yes, how about that? Now, also at the top of the show, Scott, you mentioned fragrant plants. Fragrant plants, because I was, you know, I seem to think of things as I'm driving around. I see all the beautiful plants starting to come out. Frangipanis are starting to come out. Yep. Everyone um, loves a bit of frangipani. Oh, they, are fran- they are very fragrant, aren't they? Very. Yep. Look, almost, I, almost too fragrant. Yep. No. Uh, look, I've seen you wear one in behind your ear, just wandering around just the on, streets. On the weekend? Yeah, on the weekend. And I think he, it's like Greg's in Hawaii. But, it's, uh, it's more of a strut when I've got the frangipani yeah, behind the ear. It is. But look, <laughs> yeah. uh, they are really beautifully, uh, you know, smelly, I guess. And, and the most smelly one uh, is the white one still. There's all the other fantastic colours. The red, it doesn't really have much of a fragrant. But if you want the, uh, you know, an incredibly fragrant one, you still go with a white one in your garden. And, uh, you know, on a sort of a humid summer's night, you know, balmy summer's evening, yep. uh, you can't go past a nice frangipani. You paint a picture, Scott Shaft. I, I do. It's very Magnum PI-ish there, wasn't it? Very Magnum PI. Or whatever fragrant ones have you got there? Uh, if you want a nice hedge, uh, Maria Paniculata. Maria Paniculata. Yes, and look, uh, Maria's are a fairly uh, you know sort of common hedge around the place, but because we hedge them, we often prune off the flowering material. Uh, so uh, you, it, you know, just sort of leave them go for a little while, and you'll get a really beautiful white and fragrant show out of that. I, I guess a smaller plant is a heliotrope cherry pie. It smells uh, this amazing sort of cross between vanilla... And a cherry pie? And, uh, well, it almost does smell like pastry. It's sort of like this oh, vanilla-y sort of pastry type yeah. of smell. And you look at... And it is quite a, you know, vibrant flower anyway. Uh, it grows out in the full sun. Uh, it's sort of an old cottagey garden sort of plant, but, uh, you know, still available in there. And the one that is the most fragrant is called cherry pie. Uh, sort of, uh, yeah, really beautiful. I, I, I can't adequately describe it. My sense of smell is quite poor anyway, but if I can smell heliotrope, then, oh. then it must be a very fragrant plant. Oh, you've got a poor sense of smell, but you're talking about fragrant plants. <laughs> yes, I know that. I know. And look, of course, we've been talking about roses today. You can't go past roses yep. as far as having a beautiful fragrance and very, very easy to look after. The only thing in Newcastle, like we were talking about today, is that they do have problems with uh, black spot, uh, but it can be controlled. Uh, some other hedging plants, Osmanthus. Uh, or sweet olive, some people call that, uh, a really, uh, uh, again, very fragrant a fragrant sort of hedging plant. Uh, gardenia, if you just need something smaller and it can grow in a pot, uh, you can't go past the old gardenia. And for climbing plants, of course, there's a jasmine polyanthem and uh, the uh, favourite of mine, uh, good old uh, Chinese star jasmine. Chinese ja- star jasmine, yeah. It, it's very fragrant as well. Yeah. Oh. yeah, it's just a beautiful white flower. My uh, grandmother was called Daphne. Yep, and Daphne is a very, very fragrant plant too, but uh, very difficult to grow here in Newcastle. Some people do. I think we had a caller up last week who said that she was able to grow Daphne, yeah. Uh, but yeah, very, very difficult to grow in the humidity here in Newcastle. So if you can get it to grow, enjoy the fragrance coming out of that. Now, cactus, mm. that you also mentioned. I did. Did you want to mention that? Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> We, Sorry, we, that was my throw. Yes, that was your throw. Yes, and we are going to mention cactus, Greg. Excellent throw. Uh, cactus blooming. How do you get them to bloom? Because they, they bloom so very, very seldomly. It's uh, quite a strange thing. But when you do see one out, you see, oh, look at that, you know, sort of ugly plant normally, you know, all spiky yep. and sort of knobbly and 
um, you know, sort of sitting at the bottom of the garden. But then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, comes these incredibly, you know, sort of um, bright and, uh, and and brilliant flowers that they get on them, usually pinks and yellows and oranges. Uh, and look, the, the way to get um, a cactus to bloom is, um, you know, wait sometimes because they often won't bloom until they're actually a, a mature plant. Yep. Um, so a little baby cactus aren't necessarily going to uh, sort of uh, sprout for you. It's when it waits they get a bit older. A little bit older, yeah, yeah, and a little bit bigger. And that's when they're getting ready to, you know, to breed and do all that sort of stuff. Uh, dormancy as well. Um, so cactus uh, actually will respond to a, a cool, dry, uh, sort of dormant period. And that's when you might get them to flower as well. Um, so if you want to try and get them to flower in, in those situations, uh, actually just sort of start to reduce the watering on it, almost stress the plant out a little bit. You might only water it, uh, you know, once a month or so, um, you know, once every couple of weeks, just to, you know, let it think, oh, you know, it's dry, it's dry, yeah. it's time to time to flower. So Sounds uh, yeah. like my type of plant too. Well, cactus are really, really easy to look after. People try and put them inside, and that can be a little bit, um, a little bit problematic. Um, but uh, yeah, look, out, outside usually is the best on a veranda or something like that. But uh, yeah, try and stress it out a little bit and get it to flower. Very good. Scott Sharp, we're out of time. Okay, we'll uh, see you uh, next week. Next week, yeah. Perfect. Coming to the end of the year. It is, isn't it? Yeah, and that's what's happening. People are getting their uh, Christmas decos out. Exactly right. You can put a Christmas cacti. Yes, we can talk about Christmas trees actually soon. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, not now. No, not right in, yeah. <laughs> Scott Sharp, thank you very much. Gardening Talk Back will be back again next Monday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.